month it is pride week when we are recording and it is pride month in which we are recording and it is fourth of july coming up i feel like society would be a better place just celebrating that all the fucking time you know fourth of july pride day why can't it be like that every day and celebrate our equality by blowing up shit we're celebrating equality by blowing up shit I, I mean, I'm definitely good with blowing up shit. Although, where where are you legally able to blow up anything anymore? Well, especially with the heat coming up, like, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it ain't gonna happen. But, yeah. I do love me some pride, though. Yes. Yes, and that's where it... Those, just those two right there, just every day. Society just would be a good place, a better place. It should be Pride Pride Day yeah, all the time. Yeah, you think that about Fourth of July, huh? Yeah, well, you know, it's just the blown up shit part. And throughout the world, you know, we could find something, you know, find another holiday that's uh that's blow shit up worthy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Something like that. Anyway, yes. Okay. So if you haven't heard, um, we I, I just do terrible introductions. So it's Levon and Sean from Trickle, Trickle Politics here. So we're just jumping right in. That's just what we do sometimes when there's no introduction planned but we do have a good show coming for you today um anyway wait sean how has the last week been for you it's been great man the weather around here has been beautiful i've been spending time with family just really enjoying my time got to go to uh, a sea wolves game that was actually you know decent aside from the fact that they lost but i got to go with uh, my girls which was really fun um you know, Father's Day was cool. I got some new yard tools, which, you know, is fun. That so I enjoyed fun. that. Uh, yeah. So, no, life is life is good. I also put up my pride flag. Nice. Yes. Uh, so my girls were very excited about that. Yeah. So so yard tools are kind of right on par with blowing shit up. I actually I, I asked for them. So, you know. Well, um, yeah, I have my uh, pride flag up as well. It's a Cascadia version, though. So, we're up, in, we're up in Cascadia as well in there. What does the Cascadia pride flag look like? It is uh, rainbow with the fur crest. Uh, you know how the Cascadia fur crest is? Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> oh, no. over the rainbow. It, Sean, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's right in line with, with, uh, with our episode today, but... Uh, it, I could feel things are getting back to normal. I was at the Sounders game last night, and it's not just the roar of the crowd. It's not just uh, being at the game. It's because we went out at maybe the 30 minute, 30th minute to go get beer, and there's still a line. So that's how you kind of know things are going back to normal. <laughs> so you have to wait in line for beer, and you have to wait in line for the pisser. So we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was driving home yesterday, after work stuck in traffic talking with Allie on the phone and uh i was like you know i think that i was so like numb to everything going on in the world pre-covid that it was it's just like this reawakening or realization Mm -hmm. of just how many people are in the fucking world right i mean the roads are packed stores are packed people are like inching up and on me in line you know instead of six feet it's like they're five feet away from me and i'm like back the fuck off like give me some space get off the roads i've turned into a very angry old man because of the pandemic yeah yeah i i can feel that because you know it's just like yeah leave me the hell alone except when the sounder score goals then you know it's okay to high five everybody that's what happened last night twice as they went on to win um Speaking of high fives and love and all that, our episode today is on pride. So we'll be kind of walking through the history, walking what it means to us personally and where we're going. I mean, you can't have the utopia that I want of celebrating pride every single day and have it be 4th of July and blowing shit up. But at least we could try and get there. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's start with the history, though, Sean. Let's have at it. Yeah, awesome. I, I could live in your utopia, by the way, Levon, in terms of 
just blowing shit up and being gay every day sounds pretty fantastic to me. So if we're going to talk about pride, you know, I think a lot of people attribute pride um, to Stonewall. Uh, I I think most people are aware of the Stonewall riots uh, that uh, were in June of 1969. That is probably the most famous kind of uprising of the LGBT community uh, in American history. Uh, And that was, you know, it was a it was a queer club in New York that uh, got raided simply because uh, it was a, a place for folks who uh, were gay or lesbian, bisexual uh, to hang out. Uh, and, you know, there were uh, a lot of performers there. Uh, so a lot of drag queens uh, hanging out. And when they raided the club, uh, you know, it, it's famous. The first brick was thrown during the riots of Stonewall. And, and that was kind of the beginning of uh, the gay rights movement. Uh, what has become the LGBTQAI plus uh, movement in our community. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing to think that this movement, the LGBTQ plus movement, uh, it, if you attribute the the start of that to 1969, and I, you know, I think that obviously there were there were folks uh, loud and proud and, and pushing back against uh, society long before that. But if we attribute kind of the start of the movement uh, to Stonewall, if you recognize that we're really talking about 50 years of history, um, the LGBTQ plus movement really could be considered one of uh, the most successful social movements uh, in history in terms of the large-scale change of cultural norms uh, that have been created uh, around the LGBT community. And this is taking a really positive view, and, and we'll dig into some of the, uh, the crap that still is happening uh, around the community. But uh, if you look at a, a 55-year history of this movement, the, the recognition uh, of... Uh, same-sex marriage, um, the kind of normalization of same-sex couples uh, has has really permeated uh, our our culture and the U.S. Uh, and and fifty years in terms of a social movement is really a very short amount of time. And, and so I, I think it is pretty amazing to think uh, that in that time period you moved from homosexuality. Uh, being criminalized, being considered a mental illness uh, to really a, a mainstream accepted part of uh, our culture in many facets. And I, like I said, there, there's a, a lot of factors that uh, are not as as uh, happy as what I'm selling right now. But I, I do think it's something that we have to look at and realize uh, the power uh, of that brick, the power of Stonewall uh, and of that movement. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, uh, I'm glad you, you know, really put that in perspective of why there is a Pride Day and why it is so important right now is, and over the years, of course, too, because that awareness or that knowing that you're not alone in the world, especially when there's, it's been, you know, like you were saying with mental health, uh, it's been, it was considered mental, mental illness and people were put away in hospitals and and were were, were killed uh, coming out of gay bars you know uh, and, and that stuff still does happen but uh, that's why it is so important that we, we talk about these issues and it's, and it's not just it shouldn't just be pride month it shouldn't just be pride day but we should be talking about this all the time of course uh, but it brings out more awareness and more of the feeling that I'm not alone in this in this world uh, which is, yeah, that's just, I don't know that's where we are now, but especially back then, uh, in those years when, when things were, uh, when that movement, like you said, just in about 50, under 50 years, just basically, um, and there's been so much progress, but yet, uh, sometimes we can kind of ignore, uh, that there's still a lot more to, to fight for and just as there was back then. Yeah, there really is, um, still, a lot to fight for. And I, I think sadly 
we still see uh, extremely high rates of suicide within the LGBT uh, community, especially the youth community, uh, especially in rural areas, uh, and especially within the transgender community. It, it is just astounding uh, the number of suicides and the number of murders um, that are occurring. Uh, so the violence uh, impacting those communities is, is still uh, sickening and something that we need to recognize um, has to be addressed in terms of, of just how we as a, what we as a society are willing to accept. Uh, and I just, I don't believe that we should be willing to accept um, the rates of violence perpetrated against the LGBT community, and especially within uh, the trans community. That really is uh, the part of the LGBT community that is still ostracized, alienized, um, marginalized, and impacted the most uh, in our society. And I think part of that is largely because even the LGBT community uh, has not fully embraced uh, the non-binary community um, and the, the trans community uh, fully. Uh, there's still a lot of, of cultural backlash even within the community uh, when it comes to some of the, the gender non-conforming uh, and transgendered issues um, in, in our society. And so it's, it's a place where we still have a lot of work to do, uh, not only in general society, but the LGBT community still needs to step up uh, and support its brothers and sisters in the trans community. And that's what I've heard is that is that right there is and it's not just uh, you know not just one issue it's it's multiple issues too uh, regarding that and it goes so many different ways because you don't feel accepted in the in a community that you feel like you you know belong it it, it just you know it, it leads to you know social isolation isolation it does lead to mental mental health issues uh, to dr drug to drug use and and sometimes suicide and and it's you know, I've heard that about the, about the, you know, like you said, with the community stepping up is I've heard that about, about bisexual people as well, is that there's this like, oh, you know, I don't want to speak too much to that, but I've kind of heard that, uh, that sometimes there is not a, a lot of welcoming with, with that sometimes. Do you know what I mean when I'm trying to get, get what I get of this, Sean? Yeah, I think for a, a lot of folks that identify as bisexual uh, pansexual, omnisexual, all of all of those kind of um, orientations, and uh, I, I think a lot of folks in those orientations feel that the LG LG community, in particular, lesbian and gay community, um, really ostracizes individuals, uh, or or still feels as if you're not fully a part of the community, right? Uh, buy now, gay later kind of um, mentality. This idea that um, somebody's kind of keeping their foot in one um, on both sides of the fence to make life easier. You know, as as someone who identifies as pansexual, the, the community definitely um, sees me as someone who's married to a female, uh, as almost a traitor to the community. Um, you know, even, even though I'm, you know, quite open about the fact that I'm pansexual and that, uh, gender really plays no part of my attraction or, uh, draw to an individual. Um, I still am very much not seen as a full member of that community. And, and I think some of that comes down to, you know, these ideas that uh, by identifying as pan, but marrying and being in a heterosexual relationship, I am able to hide um, that when I choose to. Uh, and there is there is cultural advantage to that. And I think uh, for some folks in marginalized communities, especially if you have the ability to to kind of go under the radar, uh, the community sees you as not. Uh, fully a part of because they they assume that you haven't felt uh, the full weight of the discrimination, the hatred, uh, the bigotry that goes along with those identities uh, in which individuals don't have the ability to hide. Uh, and on some level, I can at least uh, sympathize with that because I do recognize that there is privilege 
and the fact that as soon as somebody hears that I'm married, they they will assume uh, that I am heterosexual, and so I don't have to deal with whatever their implicit or or kind of unconscious bias might be uh, towards me uh, as a, a queer individual. Yeah, I think that's really important to look at it look at it in that perspective, right? That uh, you know why they fe- why people may feel that way in, in that community, and and it's especially with uh, with maybe the older population who have uh, you know gone through those uh, very very dark years. And, and yeah, they've that, like you said, not feeling the full weight of things, but still, still, you know, it's, you're feeling the weight from the, from both sides of, of, you know, from society. And then some, you know, from the, sometimes from the, you know, the community, you know, the LGBT or the LG, like you said, community, um, not just, you know, not saying that (laughs) everybody's like that, of course. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it can be present. Yeah, and I, I think you're right that there is uh, there is some generational divide here uh, because the the younger LGBT community is has changed significantly from um, from even my generation in terms of what the LGBT community meant to one another uh, and kind of the, the safety of that community uh, to those folks. Uh, and I think a, a large part of that is how mainstream um, acceptance of the LGBT community has become. Um, and and so I, I think the the younger generations, for multiple reasons, but for that reason as well, is, is more welcoming uh, to more letters in the alphabet uh, than the older generation. And I, I think a large part of that was that... Um, the lesbian and gay population of folks, you know, who are 50 plus years old, um, they only had each other and, uh, and they walked arm in arm to, to get to a point of uh, equality that we haven't reached yet, but they, they have definitely been striving for that. And so, you know, I, I think, I think they see the world a bit differently and, and feel that the world uh, impacted them in a much different way uh, than what younger generations see today. Um, gender, you know, gender in younger generations uh, is is fluid, right? Like w- w- my generation talks about non-binary, um, and uh, I think younger generations are are past the idea of non-binary gender to um, this idea of gender gender fluidity. Um, the fact that um, we, we, uh, meaning my generation, when we, when we were having conversations around gender and transgender concepts that we thought were really progressive, we were still talking in this idea of non-binary, right? Somebody was still um, kind of static in their gender and our concept of it, right? Like you were trans male or trans female, uh, like there was still kind of this almost static idea of gender you were just fitting into a a gender role outside of the traditional male and female ideas of that and and i think even that concept has has just developed in ways um and appropriate ways where we look at that as uh, much more fluid where i you know i may fall on a much more feminine side of uh, the gender spectrum today than I will tomorrow. And that may just be any number of factors, uh, in my life. And I, where I applaud that, I think those kinds of concepts still create strife even within the community. And to, to kind of go back to the, to the older generation is the, they also went through a pan, you know, a, a deadly, a deadly pandemic, a deadly disease that was ravaging their community and so that I think really plays plays an impact on, on the uh, on on their community on the, when they were um, going through that, you know. Yeah. You know, is that that plays an impact on on this much stronger bind of the community, going through something something so traumatic like that because it was could have been any one of your friends and sometimes it was, or or your yeah. lover. Yeah, I mean the the impact that HIV AIDS had on the on the lgbt community in 
the mid and late eighties um, was, was devastating from a human perspective, right? Just the thought that your government uh, turned away from you uh, completely ignored a public health crisis uh, that yes, was disproportionately impacting gay males at the time, but was, was ravaging um, our country. And um, to turn a blind eye on that and act as if um, that was, you know, God's will, um, because that, that is literally how people spoke uh, about HIV AIDS at the time, right? That, that this was natural selection and God's will. Um, just uh, the, the cultural trauma of that uh, is, is devastating. And yet it was truly, I think, uh, this is my opinion, it was the AIDS crisis that propelled the LGBT movement. I was actually going to ask you, I was actually going to ask you that question. If that, you know, if that, you know, was that crisis, you know, had brought out progress. So your, your answer. I, I think it, yeah, I think it took a movement that was, um, extremely effective, uh, at creating, uh, change and, and gave it, uh, a human face of tragedy. Uh, and I, I think that the vast majority of people are good and that when they see tragedy, it is especially meaningful to them. Um, I, I think the reason that so many people um, responded to um, the Holocaust was because you could see the tragedy. I think why so many people responded to the AIDS crisis was because you could see the tragedy. Um, and I, I think there are times where when we don't see the tragedy, when it's not right in front of us, when you don't see the emaciated bodies and the the sickness and the pain uh, that people are going through, we tend to ignore that. And I actually think COVID is a good example of that. Um, we, we tend not to have the same realization. And I, I think that the HIV crisis really provided a, a human element to the crisis. Having moms speak out um, about their loved ones that were dying in, in horrible ways, um, to see people who loved one another suffer this tragedy uh, I think created a human element that we could not get away from. And the fact that we then started to see other faces impacted, um, children and, and mothers themselves. And people started to realize this was, this was not a gay disease. This was just a human disease. Uh, I think created bonds, um, that, that allowed the movement to, to capitalize on that tragedy. And I, I don't say that in a, in a horrible way. Sometimes tragedy is the best place for us to, to foster relationships and empathy um, because we see each other for uh, just who we are and, and we strip away some of the labels. And I think that was uh, part of, part of the legacy of that AIDS uh, epidemic. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, during that time there were, there were people within, within that community that were not out to their families and I think that also play like you're saying with families and everything it, it, that part plays to it, right? It's like, you know, mm -hmm. my son couldn't be who he is in front of, of me, you know? And so hearing those stories moving forward, I think feels fuel to that fire uh, of, of, you know, of this movement is that is like you're saying that human face that, you know, my son wasn't able to come out because society you know, you wouldn't be able to get a job. You wouldn't be able to have a life. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think, I think you speak to actually a really important part of that crisis that I, I don't know how to speak to this. I, I don't even know if, you know, there, there would be statistics to, to back up what I'm saying, but I, you know, when I hear you talking, I, I think about the reality of HIV AIDS forcing people out of the closet because all of a sudden they were, they were sick and, and they were fighting for their lives and they, 
They didn't have the ability to hide anymore. And so many of those people were sons and fathers and uncles um, that a community that was once very well hidden uh, in kind of the, the corners of major cities, all of a sudden were in the suburbs, were in rural America. And uh, I, I think that created a, a realization um, that all the gay people didn't live in San Francisco, right? There, there were gay people in Wenatchee, Washington. There were gay people uh, in Savannah, Georgia. And those people were people that we loved. Uh, those people were people that loved us uh, and, and gave us happiness and, and joy and all of those things. And so um, in a way, I, I, think, I, I think there was probably a part of um, that period of time that created a realization of, of how many people in the LGBT community were a part of our lives already. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I actually kind of have a, a, a personal, that's where that hits me personally actually is right there because my father came out when I was three years old and I grew up, I grew up, uh, knowing this, that, you know, this is my father and he's gay and he is a lo very loving father. And he's a, he, you know, we, we played catch of course, and went to Mariners games and, and all that. And even when I was in school, you know, back in, you know, the early two thousands, like middle school, you know, I felt, I felt worried that I was going to get beat up because my father was gay. And and I'm just like, why would anybody ever want to beat me up for that? My dad is so cool. Like, I just wish they could understand how fucking awesome my dad is. And how how important he is to me. And what he means to me. And my family. And my sister. And my and my mom. And all, the, all that they did for, for us. My mom and my dad. It's just... It's incredible. It's an incredible... You know, I never... You know, sometimes I just don't really take a step back and just really marvel at at, at their relationship to get, you know, with each other and, and, and what my dad had to go through, um, as a gay man, his, his entire life and how that impacted him as a father. And he would take us to P flag events and, you know, we go camping with the, uh, with the, the gay fathers association. And it, it was just so, and he took us to pride, 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 uh, you know, the, the, Pride Parade when it would go down Broadway and end up mm -hmm. at Volunteer Park, um, and it's just and that's that you know that's that's the community that I saw you know and it was just they were it's it's just that's 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 how we should be as people just be accepting for who everybody is and just fucking get along and and have a parade <laughs> god damn it you know so yeah, yeah. be fabulous yeah. fabulous exactly <laughs> and so yeah yeah you know it's it's interesting it's interesting to me levon that you know at, at a at similar times in history actually i i think that we were um impacted by the realization or the truths around us um because you know it it was in the the late 80s early 90s that my mother was working um communicable health as a nurse um in wenatchee which is a, a at that time was a small town it's grown a little bit now but uh it was it was a small town in the middle of very conservative america uh, and working communicable health she was in the middle of the the AIDS crisis and and I too had had the experience of fear based around my connection to um, the LGBT community and especially the the HIV positive community uh, because my mom would hold community groups or support groups um, for folks with HIV AIDS and their their loved ones in our home and I had friends who were not allowed to come over because of that. Um, I had, 
been ridiculed at school uh, when people knew that uh, and uh, people telling me that I had AIDS because of that. And, you know, those those years I look back on and and the different world that I got to see versus those people around me and that, you know, hearing your stories of kind of going camping and those kind of things, I think you get to see this different world where, where people are loving each other for for just being there right like you are in my space and therefore i will i will show you love and acceptance um and and that was something that moved me to the core and made me who i am today uh and that was definitely a byproduct um of that world right of getting to know some really fabulous people and just like we like we were just saying right now it's just it's it's that exact how exactly how i feel <laughs> how else to put it exactly how i feel you know with we had very like you said very similar experiences you know it's just the words you're just kind of escaping me right now it's just yeah i guess that's maybe that's just what me and you are all about and that's why we do this podcast you know it's just just fucking love each other you know just that's that's just the message of pride yeah you know you know I do know, man. Love is love. Yeah, good. But you know, let, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. On, let, let's talk about our experience with with pride itself. Because okay. I, okay. Sounds good. I, I think this is a another area that you and I yes. uh, have some opinions oh, in yeah. terms of our experience over the years, yes. and you know, the, what pride used to be. You spoke to this a little bit. You know, especially in the Seattle area, folks are going to know. Pride used to be uh, a march down Broadway and up to Volunteer Park, uh, and that's changed a lot over the years. And I'm curious how you how you see kind of the commercialization yeah. of Pride. Oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you know, subject to bring up. Absolutely. You know, and, and so many different levels, right? So, like I said, you know, my my father, my mom, uh, my sister, we we march in Pride every single year when I was growing up and it, you know, it was Broadway. So Broadway is kind of in Seattle. It's the, it's the heart of Capitol Hill. It's where the gay community historically is, um, and, and LGBT community QIA plus. Um, so it was, it, it was, it was the community, right? It was like literally the community there at Capitol Hill, right? We come out and they march in this parade and there's dikes on bikes there were, you know, yes, yeah. Shout out to the dykes on bikes. You know, there's guys in BDSM, right? And you know, there's just, just it, it was a good freaking time. <laughs> um, and now it's like so. Is that what you would say too, Sean? It was just a good, you know. You know, I would, I would, I would describe it as a huge block party right i mean party that's exactly right you you talk about this you know capitol hill in seattle is the the gay district right like it is it is where the crosswalks are now rainbows and it's where the bathhouses are and the queer clubs have been forever i mean it it is um where the gay community has been and in seattle forever and you know pride used to used to be a community block party right now it was a mile and a half long um and ended at at one of the cruisiest parks you can find oh yeah yeah. but (laughs) i mean that is that is part of what made it perfect right it's because it was in that community it was it was a celebration of that community uh and it was a festival of how fucking fabulous that community was uh and how different it was right the, the acceptance of dykes on bikes and you know the the leather daddies the bears, rolling the bears. down the street bears and cubs yeah and, yeah the bears the bears <laughs> yeah it, yes. exactly it's a big old block party that's a great way to put it and it's like how capitol hill block party uh, is but capitol block party was no, nowhere compared to pride parade on uh, broadway yeah. uh, even though i was really young then but from what Sean is saying, uh, is yeah, Pride Parade on Capitol Hill is way better. <laughs> then, yeah, I think around probably what mid 2000s, maybe late 2000s or 2010s, maybe. 
yeah, it's probably been, yeah. what, 15 years now? 15 yeah. years? That it moved down to downtown. And from what I've heard, and this, of course, is just what I've heard, is that at first there was, it was still like the same parade, right? You had dykes on bikes. You had, you know, the bears, the cubs, all that, you know. <laughs> um, you know, people coming as they, as they are, who they are. And it kind of like, I, this is what I, I remember hearing. It kind of freaked out, like, white, you know, white people. <laughs> uh, white America not right? liking non-traditional things? <laughs> so, so it kind of started getting diluted. And it's, it's so this is like, this is double-edged sword. Or what do you, what do you call it? Uh, double-edged sword? Yeah. 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 Where it's like, yeah, it's, it's. The, basically the pride parade downtown seattle is kind of like how 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 corporate america uh, would put on a pride pride how they would put on a pride parade yeah i i think an accurate way of describing it is we went from dykes on bikes and leather daddies to alaska airlines and t-mobile right i mean that's the change uh in in what the parade looks like but I think it speaks to a, to so many things uh, in terms of, you know, is this good or bad? Uh, is it is it what the movement was really all about, or has has the movement been kind of consumed by consumerism uh, and taken over by corporate America? I mean, you can walk into any store in the month of June and buy whatever rainbow shit you want. When I when I was twenty years old, I I had to march down Broadway and go up to Volunteer Park to buy rainbow shit, right? Like you would have hoped I had to, to get go, a pin. You would have hoped to get a flag, you know? <laughs> yeah, parade, yeah. And and so the world is is a much different place, and I, I I think it's part of the conversation has to be well, is that is that success in the movement? Isn't that exactly what we were looking for when when I sat on that sidewalk on Broadway? and cheered the dykes on bikes rolling by wasn't i asking to be accepted wasn't i asking for this community to be accepted um on on a broad scale and is that not in a capitalist society us asking for that to be commercialized and part of mainstream society and that's yeah yeah i mean like we we line up exactly kind of you know no disagreements there, right? It, it's because <laughs> you see, it's just you know, like on Facebook, you see Alaska Airlines, you see really any any corporation now. You know, Starbucks has the Pride flag. They have the new Pride flag up. Whatever you know, the have you, you know the those BIPOC Pride flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they have, yeah, that's what I'm flying too. Yeah, yeah. So they have that, you know, but nonetheless, right? And it's like it's that is progress, though. That is progress, but it's like. Man, it's it's still the same time as a corporation or as any company. A big old middle finger, though, to the fucking, you know, to the homophobes, right? Yeah. It's a, like the Mariners a couple years ago. This guy goes like, commented on the Mariners webpage. I'm not, you know, saying this exactly, but he said, oh, you're celebrating that shit or whatever, that stuff. I'm not coming to the games anymore. And the Mariners replied to that and said, yeah, good. You could take your homophobic pos self basically and get the fuck out of here and not support the mariners we're fine with that because we'll have people showing up and supporting and people who who uh you know uh, uh stick up for others in the community i'm like yes yeah so it's just that's what i like about that is that it's a big old middle finger to to the to the homophobic people out there but yeah yeah but the corporatization part is like yeah i'm i'm you know yeah f- fuck uh Fuck capitalism, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that rant ended in fuck capitalism. You I, know, mean, that, I don't That's know. pretty beautiful. I, I think, f- for me, uh, the difficulty is that you, you take away from that sense of community um, that I, I think so many of us felt, especially, um, you know, 20 30 years ago and and further back than that for many folks 
um, there was a, a much tighter community um, that was a part of the movement and that drove uh, pride to be what it was. And uh, I think as that movement became more successful and you brought in uh, more and more corporate sponsors, um, there was, it's almost a gentrification. I was going to say that. That's really what it is. I was going to say that. Of the community. That's what it is. And, and I look even at Capitol Hill and the and the memories I have of Capitol Hill as you know a young twenty uh, year old dude going up to Capitol Hill to to party and have a good time and you know at that at that time it it was your community it was your safe space and slowly over the years I watched more and more and more straight people come into that environment. And in the beginning, it was awesome, right? Like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, straight Chuck over here, hanging out, having a great time, being cool with just being who he is. Um, But pretty soon, it really felt like uh, more and more dude bros would show up just just for the image of that, right? Yeah. To to show that. Um, and, And that really started to feel like it was taking from the community you weren't giving to the community right and and i think that that is where the the hard like reality is in terms of you have a successful movement and now people are stealing from it right they are taking from your community for their own gain and it's yeah it's the it's the it's that what do you call that it's like the white guilt right it's like, oh, see, look, 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 I'm, 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 you know, woke or whatever you want to say, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, look, I'm hanging out at a gay bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, it's like that. And it's like, it's kind of like the people that I like dive bars and everything like that. I, I do. But do you know how there's like people that go like, I'm going to go to this dive bar, you know, I'm not saying that say you go into Capitol Hills and dive. I'm just saying, you know how there's that there's those hipster hipsters that are uh, that are like that the dude bros right yeah 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 you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go to this place that you know, you know i'm gonna be the coolest right and yeah we'll go hang out at our place that yeah. our place is like the spot to be yeah it's that it's that like i was here first no the fuck you weren't and no the fuck you aren't so like you said it's it, it's 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 great that people are are comfortable but at the same time it's that i'm gonna take pretty much take this shit off your land and I'm going to use it for me and prop myself up. But yeah, it's a, it really is about um, capitalizing on the movement, right? Uh, It's, it's having the pride logo and yet taking your profits and supporting uh, Christian charities that uh, openly uh, discriminate against LGBT folks uh, or who openly fight for traditional marriage. It's, it's that kind of bullshit um, that really kind of is the pinnacle of hypocrisy. And it's that bullshit um, that perpetuates the hate um, that continues against the LGBT community. And, and I think that's the last thing that, that we have to talk about is, is the reality that hate still uh is an overwhelming part of any individual in the LGBT community's life. Uh, ridicule is a part of the life of any LGBT person. And it does not matter how old you are. Uh, if you identify with the LGBT community, you know what the face of hate looks like. You are connected uh, not only through... Uh, the lives lost like Matthew Shepard and so many others, but you are connected by the hate that you experience uh, in just everyday society. When Chick-fil-A gets to be one of the largest, fastest growing companies in the country, and yet consistently ensures that the rights of LGBT people are trampled on when uh craft stores like what the fuck is the name hobby of the lobby. shit store hobby lobby get to exist um and continue uh to perpetuate hate and they are legally supported in that hatred uh by 
the legal system of this country, there is a recognition that even though you have proven to be one of the most effective cultural movements in history, 50 plus years later, you still are shit upon uh, by what is thought to be one of the most progressive countries in the world around these issues. Yeah, yeah, Chick-fil-A is exactly the... Chick-fil-A, it's just like, that's how I kind of just, it's the Chick-fil-A uh, umbrella, right, of that of that shit. And they kind of just say, like, you know, go along, like I said, you know, donating money to campaigns that are actively, in, and uh, organizations that are actively against LGBTQ plus community, and they come out and say, oh, no, we treat everybody equally, wink, wink. And what I will say is, for all you motherfuckers wearing your rainbow gear and, you know, proclaiming that love is love and uh, be proud of who you are. Next time you pull up to Chick-fil-A, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not a fucking ally. Like, that's the thing. Next time you eat Chick-fil-A, next time you go to buy your special wrapping paper at Hobby Lobby, realize that you're a fucking hypocrite and you are not an ally. You're full of shit and you think it looks good on you like some Prada bag, but you are part of the problem. And we have to recognize that across the board. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like walking into Walmart with a SEIU shirt on. Right. <laughs> Although that actually scared the shit out of them, which would be kind of funny. But besides the point, absolutely. And, and not to mention, you know, what that feeds into is that there are still people who men, women, all everybody who are struggling coming out today. It's not just a yesterday issue. That is now. And then there's people, like you said, people walking into Chick-fil-A with the pride flag on their shirt. And that's just complete ignorance to the people that are struggling right now with that. And that's why it's, it is so important to keep having conversations and keep having pride and keep having pride month, pride day, pride week. I, like I said, it should be every day should be pride day. But yeah, that's just kind of my final thoughts there. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I, I'll pop in with last thoughts around you know, as as Pride Month winds down, uh, and hopefully as you're as you're thinking about these issues, you know, make sure that you know where there are LGBTQ owned community uh, businesses, uh, or even online. You know, go go to Etsy and get your Pride gear from uh, a proud queer uh, that that's doing the work because. They know what it actually means. Um, you don't have to get your pride gear just from Target uh, or just from Old Navy, right? Like there are other options that support the community. And we've spent a lot of time in the last year thinking about supporting marginalized communities, recognizing where our black owned uh, businesses are. And we need to do the same for the LGBT community uh, and, and really support the community. Be a part of the community. If you want uh, to impact or be an ally, those are the ways to do it, um, is to make it community-oriented and realize that that uh, has been the heart of the LGBT community for a long time, our, our small community-based uh, projects that moved uh, our whole nation and we need to get back to recognizing that that's absolutely right absolutely right that's the best way to celebrate that is trickle up politics, politics. <laughs> i kind of like that we should do that like you know say that together that is trickle up politics <laughs> okay anyway Awesome. Awesome. Good, good discussion today. Good show today. Sean, what's next week? Are you going to pride? Are you going to do any, uh, take part in any festivities, even through this, this heat wave? I know that it's canceled this year, but how are you uh, celebrating actually? Yeah. How about that? 
Yeah, you know the the truth is my my weekend feels a little disjointed because I I have some family in town that uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure of of what the plan is with them. Uh, I know we got invited over to a pride party at our neighbor's place, um, so we're probably going to check that out no matter what. So we'll get a little we'll get a little bit of pride in uh, even if we don't make it uh, up to the hill. But uh, I I hope. Uh, to step foot on Capitol Hill, maybe get some Molly Moon with my girls, and uh, and just see if we can uh, run into maybe some fantastic people doing fantastic things up there. Yeah, I'm kind of the same camp as you with that. Is maybe after the Sounders game on Saturday, we'll try and make it up there, and you know, at least be a part of some festivity, right? Because even you know, like like I said, this year's canceled, and even though it's going to be wicked, wicked hot, but uh, nighttime, it shouldn't be too bad, but that's what I'll be doing is hopefully, uh, another high flying game by the Sounders on Saturday and Rel Ruin Diaz scoring his penalty kicks by Paneka, which is just like kind of chipping it down the middle. You got to have a lot of balls just to go up there and take a penalty like that. But that's what, uh, what will be going on there and just waiting in more lines for, to take the, take a piss and get more beer. And <laughs> I'm honestly okay with that. No, not really. No, I'm not. Just like traffic. Um, <laughs> I'm glad to be back in the stadium, though, and have beer and, you know, with, with yeah. everybody. With everybody, you know, being in. I agree to, with you. It's good people. to be back into stadiums. Yes, yes. I know I've said that a thousand times, but to actually be, you know, with the crowd, right? When it's not spaced out, you're just like, yeah, you know, like giving air high fives, right? It's, it's great just to celebrate together again. That will do it. So I hope you all celebrate together. Pride, 4th of July, whatever you have going on, celebrate it. It's life and it deserves celebration. For Trickle Up Politics, this has been Levon and Sean. We'll see you next time. And stay cool if you're in Seattle. Bye-bye now. Bye.